Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. For them to, to be having relationship with, with relationships with minors. But now there's a new movement of people that are falling in love with and having relationship with objects. And they show a man that is in love with his car and he has a relationship with it. They showed a, a lady that is in love with a wall, and it's a wall not in her own house, it's a wall outside uh, by a shopping center. And she visits it and has a relationship with it. So there's no end to the wickedness that, that is going to come upon the earth. And uh, so it, it's a sad thing, but at the same time, uh, our, Redeemer, our Redeemer lives. And the end of my Bible says that God wins. So all, all these things have to happen uh, for the end to come and, and for us to be caught up in the clouds with the Lord. And, and we're, we don't have anything to worry about. You know, we just have to make sure that we are living by what God has asked us to live by, that we are standing up for the truth like Pastor Joaquin did yesterday in a brave and, and uh, awesome way. And people are going to have to make their own decisions. But today, like he said, we're going to speak about the fountain gate. The fountain gate is the sixth gate in the book, Restoring the Gates of Prevail. So we're past the halfway mark. We have four more to go after this. The fountain gate is a very simple concept. Uh, it's not complicated at all. Uh, it's basically saying that God's people have to go to God to have all their needs, all their needs met. To, for all of our provision, we need to go solely to God. And that, there are no exclusions to that, whether it be material needs, emotional needs, physical needs, needs regarding your family, needs regarding your business, needs regarding your children. There is nothing outside of what God can provide for you, outside of God's fountain of provision for us. Uh, believers need to seek only God for the answers to our questions. Many times we have questions, and it's easy to move outside of God's fountain of provision to get those answered, and there is no excuse for that either. Any question that we have under the sun can be answered within God's fountain of provision. And this chapter speaks about, like all the chapters do, the church's responsibility to teach these things to God's people. It speaks about the church's responsibility to make sure that God's people know that God is our only source. Because sometimes we do things out of ignorance, and, and it's our responsibility to know, and if you know, it's your responsibility to teach that God is our answer for everything that we need, that God can meet all of our needs, and that, that's inclusive of everything. Because what happens is that when our fountain gate is broken, and, it, and we can say that we can see in many areas of, of, uh, of God's church that the fountain gate is broken, what happens is that God's people start going to sources that are not of God, to ungodly sources, to bad sources. And what happens then is that this church starts looking like what it looks today. The church does not look like the church of God, the church starts looking like the world. In other words, we get bad input and we get bad results. And when we get bad results, we start looking like the world, right? Because we don't have the godly results. Let's take a moment and open, you can either open your book or the Bible to Nehemiah. It's the verse that's contained in this chapter. Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 15. We're going to read the key verse that this chapter mentions in regards to the reparation of the, the repair of the fountain gate. And it says like this, Shalon, the son of Colhez, leader of the district of Mizpah, 
repaired the fountain gate. He built it, covered it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and repaired the wall of the pool of Shelah by the king's garden, as far as the stairs that go down from the city of David. Have we started to notice that in all these gates, when it mentions the, the gate, that it was fixed, it always mentions the wall. And I started to notice this in the last two chapters. Those walls are important. Those walls have significance. Because all these gates, they depend on one another. You know, to have a fortified city, you need to have all the gates in place and you need those walls. Because those walls link one gate to the other gate. You know, we don't speak much about the walls, but we, that might be something good to dig into because those walls are significant. They're always mentioned. Those walls draw a line in the sand, like Pastor Joaquin told uh, these people in their interview. God draws a line in the sand. Those walls are lines in the sand that cause a division. And those divisions have significance. Those divisions mean that there are certain things that have to stay out of this city, and there are certain things that have to stay in this city. So that's something we should make a note of. But why do we use the word fountain? What is a fountain uh, to describe? We could put up picture number one. Why do we use the word fountain to describe um, the provision of God or, or, or the fountain gate of God? As you can see in the picture, uh, in a physical sense, the word fountain is usually a source. And the most common use for the word is a source of water. Uh, just this last um, week, I was in Central Florida and I visited uh, natural springs and, and went in them. And there's nothing more beautiful than a, than a natural source of water uh, undisturbed by man, the way God, the way God designed it. Uh, it was pure, clean, uh, undisturbed, uh, pure water. I mean, you could see all the way to the bottom, and it was deep. I mean, you can drink it. It was healthy. It, it was, it's something that, that is hard to find nowadays. In the physical sense of the word fountain, that is what we have. We have a source of clean water. But in the spiritual sense, which is what we need to focus on tonight as far as what the uh, this chapter speaks about the I would say the most conclusive way to say that what the fountain gate of God is which is uh, the fountain of his provision for us would be to say that the fountain, fountain gate of God's provision for our lives is the Holy Spirit it's our ability to be led by the Spirit of God in everything that we do in all our decisions in everything that we seek if we are able to be led by the Spirit of God to obtain those answers, to have our needs met, to have all of our questions answered, that would repair the fountain gate. That would give us always the right input that we need so that we have the right output, so that the church will look like it needs to look like. But some of you may say, well, you know, you've pointed to something that I'm new, you know, I may not know, how, you know, I can't see it, I can't touch it, uh, I, I need more than that. Well, good, because God has given us more than that. For those of you that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit, or for those of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit, God has given us much more than that. Because everything and everyone that is filled and led by the Holy Spirit can lead you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Did, did I lose you? Did that make sense? Everything and everyone that is led by the Spirit of God can help you be led by the Spirit of God. Let's... let's Talk about the everyone first. God has put people in our lives as sources for us, as part of the fountain gate of God's provision for our lives. The number one example of that would be, of course, our pastor, right? God has placed pastors, shepherds, over the sheep to be a fountain of provision for those sheep. 
The pastor is there so that we can go to them with our questions, with our needs, with our troubles, with our concerns. Why? So that we don't go to the ungodly with those things. If our fountain gate is repaired, we should not be going to our co-worker that doesn't know the Lord and asking them anything as far as our lives are concerned. We should be giving to them so that we don't go to our neighbor that doesn't know the Lord. God has given us provision. God has given us a pastor that we can go to. That is part of God's provision. That's part of God's fountain gate of provision for our lives. It's a key part of it. In the same way for the young people, they have been given youth pastors, men and women that should be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit of God, so that at your age, you have a person that you could look to as an example for inspiration, a person that you can go to that can relate to whatever questions and needs you may have. Why? So that you can stay within God's fountain gate of provision. So that you don't have to go to your school friends that don't know the Lord and are not led by the Spirit of God. So that you don't have to go to chat rooms to find out answers to anything or have any type of need met. Because God has given you a youth leader. God has supplied in that area. And as far as the everyone's are concerned, it, it includes all of us. We can all be fountains of provision for our brother and sister that has a need so that that brother and sister does not have to go outside of God's provision to find out anything or to have any need met. So that covers the everyone, because I said everything or everyone. The everythings, you might, you might be wondering, well, what things? Well, it's, it's really simple. The music that we just heard, the worship that we just heard is a thing that God has given us that will inspire us, that will bring healing to us. How many, how many feel that that worship was led by the Spirit of God today? That's part of God's provision for us. That's part of God's fountain gate for us. So that we, you know, that, that music will minister to us. It will answer questions to us. The Spirit of God will speak to us through worship, through, through godly music. Why? Because it's God, part of God's provision for us, part of the fountain gate that God has provided for us with a purpose so that you don't need to go to the worldly music. You have no excuse. You don't need to go to the worldly music because God has supplied in that area as part of his fountain gate for us. Even in books, this right here is a good example. God's provision for us. Part of God's fountain gate of provision for us to answer all types of questions. This is a gold mine of all different areas in our lives. So we could receive instruction here in all types of parts of our lives. We can receive instruction. We can receive guidance. Why? Because that's part of God's provision for us. And not just this book. You go to, a, to the bookstore back there, and there's lots of different books. God has been abundant with us to give us all types of instruction from all types of men led by the Spirit of God. This is a book, and a lot of those books are led by the Spirit of God to bring us instruction in a specific area that we might need to know about. Why? Because it's part of God's fountain gate of provision for our lives. Why? So that we don't have to go to Amazon.com and go to books that are worldly. So that we don't have to go to other sources that are written by men who are not led by the Spirit of God, who are not going to give you godly advice. We don't need that for anything. God has provided for us in that area. In every area, we could almost sit here all night and talk about different areas. But something that was just recent was even in the movies, right? 
Who went to go see the movie Courageous? Raise your courage. Is it courage or courageous? Courageous. Raise your hand if you saw Courageous. Amen. Now raise your hand if you cried. If you didn't raise your hand the second time, you're lying. When he dances, after she dies and he dances and he says, well, let her know that I danced my part. I cried so loud in that part that the people behind me were saying, hey, man, quiet down. That was touching. But that was a movie led by the Spirit of God. So that we might be instructed and learn valuable life lessons led by the Spirit of God. It's part of God's fountain of provision so that we don't have to go see the other crud that is being poured out there. And one of the key things that God has given us, and this is the most important thing probably, is the Word of God, the Bible. If you have a question and it can't be answered in the Bible, you know what? Skip it. Wait till you die and get to heaven and then ask. Because God's Word is there to answer every single question we have. Every single question. It's, it's, it's the ultimate thing in God's fountain of provision for our lives. We have been given a, a, a manual of life written by the finger of the Holy Spirit of God to meet every need and answer every question under the sun. We're not going to talk about that too much because that's next week's gate. That's the water gate. But as we can see, God has given us an abundance of sources and resources to meet all of our needs. You know, and it's important to know that. God has been gracious so that we have no excuse. We have been given the Holy Spirit of God. And we have been given everything and everyone that is led by the Spirit of God to help us be led by the Spirit of God and not have to go outside of the fountain gate. And it's important to know that. Because many times we are only taught what we can't do. We are told, don't read that. Don't listen to that. Don't talk to him. Don't go there. Don't do this. And we're left like, wow, you know, this is church. You know, only what you can't do. So now what do I do? It's important for us to fix the fountain gate by telling people what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to go, what they're supposed to listen to, what they're supposed to read, who they're supposed to talk to. That's what's going to fix the fountain gate because what's killing us is the ignorance out there of Christians that don't know what to do and don't know where to go and don't know who to talk to. Once they know these things, then it's up to them. They can make the decision of having destruction in their lives if they want to. They're free to do that. But the sad thing is that the fountain gate is broken. And it's broken because of lack of knowledge, because of the responsibility of the church not being met to let their people know that all this provision is available to us. God wants us to use all of this so that we are led by the Spirit of God and not led by the Spirit of this world that results in what we saw up there. And this provision is given to us with a purpose. This is not random stuff that fell out of the sky and, and is not part of a plan. This is all part of God's eternal plan so that we can live lives that count for eternity. So that we can live lives that will be an example to the, to the lost. So that when they see the church, they will not see a people that are living the same lives and having the same results as those that are outside the church. Those that don't have this provision. That's the problem. That's why they don't come to us. Because when they see the church, unfortunately, they don't see the victory. And if they don't see the victory, what do we have to offer? What is going to compel them to be part of this family? And, and these things are given to us for eternal purposes. Everything that God does is with an eternal plan. Amen. The world is going to keep getting more dirty as we go along. 
But the provision of God, the fountain gate of God, those things that are led by the Spirit of God will always remain pure, and they're available to us. Now, if the fountain gate is not repaired, if we are not at the place where we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, the church is in danger of many things. And I think the biggest and saddest thing is that the church is in danger of not fulfilling the calling that it has for each and every church. You see what it says up there, changing the world? That will only be accomplished if the leadership and the people of this church are led by the Spirit of God. Outside of that, it won't happen. We could have a great church with a lot of great activities, with a lot of great things going on. We could have a great routine. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with routines. But I'm just saying that if not led by the Spirit of God, we could have a lot of these things and not meet God's purpose in our lives. We could have a lot of good things going on that have no eternal impact, no, no eternal value if we're not led by the Spirit of God. When you're not led by the Spirit of God, and that's including a church, you're like a, like a car stuck in the mud. Yeah, your wheels are spinning. Things are going on. Your wheels are spinning. But you're not moving forward. You're not getting to where God wants you to go. And, and it's a sad thing when, when a life is not led by the Spirit of God because there's always, God always gives us a chance and, and time to repent and to start being led by the Spirit of God. But that time that you lost, you can't, you know, one thing God doesn't allow, allow us to do is to turn back the clock. Have you ever asked God for that? It's not going to happen. God will give us new beginnings. God is a God of new beginnings. If you're not led by the Spirit of God, if you've had any type of trouble, praise God that God will forgive you now and give you a new beginning right now, this second. You can start doing things right, but you cannot turn back the clock. And when people go through this life, this entire life, doing all great kinds of great things, all kinds of good things that are not led by the Spirit of God, and they leave this world in that condition, that is a lost opportunity. That is a lost life that can never have another chance, that can never be replaced. We cannot turn back the clock. Let's go ahead and put up uh, the second picture. Do you guys know who this is? Yes, yes, yes. Everybody knows who this is, right? This guy is more popular around the world than, than anybody has been in a long time. He died uh, about a week ago, I think now. And he was so popular and there was such a big outcry all the way across the, the globe that they started to do polls. And, and I saw one. It was super interesting. They were showing, they were going around showing, in the United States showing a picture of him and a picture of our vice president, Joe Biden. You guys know who our vice president is, right? A vast majority of the people were saying, when they saw his picture, they were saying, oh, the guy from Apple, Steve Jobs. Show him the president, the vice president's picture. Um, some of them would say he's the vice president. Many of them didn't even know his name. That's how popular this guy is. He's more popular than the vice president of, of your country. As you know, he's the founder, visionary, CEO of the Apple Corporation, a $350 billion, with a B, dollar corporation, inventor of your favorite gadgets and mine. Some of us have them in our purse right now or, or in our cars, in our homes, our most coveted possessions. I know some people that will kill you if you touch their, their little Apple toys. He's being compared to the brightest minds of, of of ever. He's being compared to Thomas Edison, Einstein, you name it. In the last two years when he knew he was sick, 
He was giving away more money on a monthly basis than all of us will earn put together here in our entire lifetimes. <laughs> so far. When he would launch a new product or go on TV and speak about the Apple Corporation, the stock market would rise and fall according to what this man would say. But I'll tell you, I hope that in the last two years of his life, when he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, which is exactly what he was doing because he was fighting pancreatic cancer, I hope that he was able to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior before he passed away. Little is known about his private life because he was super private person but it is known that before he had his success with Apple when he was a young man he he traveled to India and there uh, he claims to have been enlightened he he started he became a Buddhist he started following Buddhist beliefs and uh, came back to the United States uh, where he then started uh, visiting a Buddhist co commune in Oregon called the Apple Orchard, Orchard, the Apple Orchard. And that's where he found the name Apple. And that's why he named his corporation Apple. But why do I mention him? Mention him? It's because I can guarantee you that all those fantastic accomplishments in the world's eyes mean nothing to him right now in the light of eternity. Zero. When he passed from this life to the next, I guarantee you that all those accomplishments meant nothing in the light of eternity. And even here on earth, a couple of years from now, three, four years from now, that great technology which has lit the world on fire right now that we all covet and, and, and want to have will be past, will not be the great thing that it is right now. It will, it, it will be replaced like everything else on this earth that has zero eternal value, zero eternal impact. It will no longer be relevant. The next great thing will come and take over. The next great technology. And that picture that, he, that we're looking at right now, when those kids that are in the back right now are five years older, when they're teenagers, if we put that picture back up, do you think any of them are going to know who he is? No. None of them will remember who this is or know who that is. Only what he did if anything, only what he did, if anything, led by the Spirit of God, will have any eternal value or any eternal impact. And, we, and I say this because God's people cannot follow the same path. We cannot be involved in the same thing. If our fountain gate is repaired, if we are able to be led by the Spirit of God, we will do much greater things than what the Apple Corporation has been able to accomplish we will do great things that have eternal impact. We have great things that have eternal purposes led by God. Worldly accomplishments do not compare to the things that we can do led by the Spirit of God. The things that God has us doing, even though in the world's eyes may not be important, that doesn't matter to us. The things that God has us do, if, we are, if our fountain gate is repaired, if we are led by the Spirit of God, will have eternal results, will have eternal purposes. If our fountain gate is repaired, we need to know that we possess something more valuable than anything the world can offer that cannot be measured in billions or millions or in any other way that the earth wants to measure value. And if we learn to depend on God, if we learn to depend on the Spirit of God for everything, we can rest in the Lord. 
Many times people say, rest in the Lord, cast your burdens upon the Lord. Brother, just rest in the Lord. But they don't tell you how. And I'll tell you what, if your fountain gate is broken, you don't know how. Because to rest in the Lord, you need to know that the Lord is your provision. You need to know that the Lord can answer all your questions. You need to know that, that God has given us a fountain of provision in all of these everyones and everythings that I mentioned that can meet any need that we have. There's nothing we can't solve. Amen. That sounds conceited, maybe, or weird, but there's nothing we can't solve. We have the answer to anything and everything that you might need to know. The world does not have that. The world cannot say that. You cannot rest in the world because if you try to rest in the world, you will look like these people that we saw up there. You will be confused. You won't even know what sex you are. But if you're able to rest in the Lord, which means that you don't depend on your own knowledge and you don't depend on the world for anything, I can rest in the Lord because I have a fountain of provision from God that includes everything and anything that is led by the Spirit of God that is going to meet all my needs and answer all my questions. So I don't need anything from the world. That's right, in abundance. The Bible says that our life is but a vapor. Have you seen a vapor? Have you ever boiled water and you see that little bit of smoke that comes up and then as soon as it gets cooled, it's gone. It's very brief. It's very quick. And the Bible says that our life is like that. We are here today and gone tomorrow. And believe me, I've seen how fast life can end abruptly when people least expect it. And, the, and according to what we do, according to what we're led, according to what our fountain gate of provision is, and that will lead to the life that we live, is going to determine where and how we spend eternity. Just a little bit of importance we should give to that. And it doesn't matter if, if in the world you can invent a light bulb if you want to. You can get in a rocket ship and go to the moon. You can invent a cat that has five legs, right? The Cubans know what I'm talking about. And it's not going to matter if it's not led by the Spirit of God. If it's not led by the Spirit of God, it will have zero value in eternity, zero value, impact in eternity. To understand these things, you, you, we have to keep a godly perspective when we listen to these things or we just won't understand them. We have to keep a godly mindset and we have to keep the big picture that God has a plan that is not just for down here, it's an eternal plan in mind or we just won't understand these things. You know, there's a, there's a saying that makes sense of this a little bit. It's better to be the humble, unknown man that made it to heaven than to be the rich, famous guy burning in hell. Does that bring it into a little bit of clarity? We have to think about it. Is it worth it to, be, to live this life and not be led by the Spirit of God? To have great worldly success in the eyes of the world, but not know the fountain of God, the fountain of life. And it happens. It happens within the church, and that's the sad thing. Let's, let's open the book a second, Restoring the Gates of Prevail, to page 136. We're going to read it in the author's own words about this condition. Page 136, bottom paragraph, if you have your books with you. I hope you do, because some of you were given books. Failing to restore the fountain gate in the Christian church causes the Lord's people to seek resources outside of the church. When the fountain gate is repaired, people begin to seek God as the true source and origin of all their needs. Say, all. All, all, their, needs. all their needs. A fallen fountain gate is evident when the church begins to lose members who disassociate themselves to follow after wayward paths. 
These people are seeking satisfaction or fulfillment in other things or places. When the fountain gate is in ill repair, believers are led astray to seek other streams as the source to, their, to supply their needs. This is speaking about God's people, God's church. It's speaking about us, the church of God worldwide, seeking other sources that are not part of God's fountain gate for us. Listening to other voices that are not led by the Spirit of God. And let me tell you that today we have a great opportunity to do that that didn't exist before in the Internet. The Internet, let me tell you, could be a blessing. The Internet could be used for good. The Internet could be used to reach fountains of God, God's provision. Right? Hey, we have a great website. But let me tell you that you need to know that the Internet could be used for good or for use for bad in your life. You could let the Internet destroy you if you want, or you could use the Internet for good. You could use the Internet to be a fountain of good provision, of clean water, the way that God uh, intended, or you could use the Internet to reach out to all types of ungodly sources, all types of ungodly provision, which wasn't available just a few years ago, and it has been the demise and the destruction of many of God's people. We need to be aware of that. When God's people are reaching out to these sources, when God's people are going outside of the fountain gate, it causes all kinds of problems in the church. It causes all kinds of unintended results in, God's, in the church, in, in, the, in the people of God. And the result is that the church looks like the world. Because when the church is drinking dirty water, the church is going to get dirty results. We can't expect the church to shine, to be clean, to be a clean source for the people to go to if what if what's peop, God's people are taking in is not clean water the way God intended it. Because God gives us clean resources, clean doctrine. The Word of God is clean, pure, 100% crystal clear. The Spirit of God is always clean, is always pure. Is, the instruction is, you know, when you get uh, sound biblical teaching like you do here and in many churches across this country, you get something that's pure and you get something that's clean. The Spirit of God always ministers in a clean way with purity. The problem is that we allow or we decide to allow our own ingredients to be brought into these waters. We start allowing dirty waters to be added to the clean waters. And it can happen to anyone. There's no exceptions to this. It, it happens to pastors. We can see pastors all across this country that start looking weird and start doing weird things and congregations all across this country that start doing things and looking weird and, and doing what is not godly and what is not led by the Spirit of God. And it's because of that contamination of God's pure things with worldly things. And you can see it. I, I look at teenagers when I go to... When I go to any Christian event, I look for the teenagers. If I go to another church, I, I look at the teenagers because as adults, we are experts at faking it. We can come to church for 20 or 30 years. You can sit there and your life might be a mess, but... We can't tell by looking at you because you know how to act the Christian thing, right? You can sit there for years and, and not have a successful Christian life and not give a good example. But teenagers, they're not into faking it. They're not into the hypocrisy. The teenager doesn't want to be here. It's the worst thing in the world to try to drag a teenager to where he doesn't want to go. If a teenager is a mess on the inside, he looks like a mess on the outside. He doesn't hide it. So, yeah, is it true? So the church starts looking like the world. 
Last week, Pastor Joaquin mentioned that the divorce rate inside the church is the same as outside the church. That is an embarrassing statistic. Why? We have sound doctrine in the Bible. We have sound teachings from the pulpit. We have all types of marriage conferences, all types of clean waters that should equip us to have good marriages, not to have divorce. We have all this pure, clean instruction, all this provision from God's fountain gate, but yet our result is the same as the world. Why? How does that make sense? And it's because we take all this clean <coughs> biblical teaching, all this great information, all this pure stuff that will keep us safe, and we add the world to it. We'll go home after we hear all that, and we'll go on the computer, match.com, or, or we'll watch TV, or we'll, we'll, we'll speak to our ungodly friends about, we'll listen to their crud about marriage. There is no other thing that can happen but contamination. We allow outside sources to put input into us that it contaminates us and we get the same results as the world. He also mentioned last week um, about uh, disciplining our kids, that if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, right? You know, we... We see Christian families that from a young age, they can't take their kids to a restaurant because there's no way to have that child sit there for 30 minutes. And, and, and they don't, why? We have the instruction from God's word. We have all kinds of great books by all kinds of great spirit-led men on how to raise children. We have classes here on how to be good parents. We have clean water from God that will instruct us with our children so that we raise godly children, but yet we'll add dirty water. We'll go home, maybe, and turn on the TV, and Oprah will say, if you spank your child with a belt, it's child abuse. And we'll listen to that. We'll swallow that. That's just an example. It could be anything. But we will dare to question God's instruction. We will dare to add our own opinion to the clean waters of God, and we will suffer the consequences. We will suffer the results. Nobody else. The church will not look like it's intended to look. The world right now is suffering and, and asking the question, how do we solve the debt problem? We should be telling the world how to solve the debt problem. But you know why we can't? Because we're in debt. God's people are in debt. And if you're in debt, you have no business telling the world how to solve it because you're in the same boat. We should be looked at as the providers of answers. But the world doesn't look to us as the providers of answers. Because in many cases, we are suffering the same consequences as the world. In our marriages, in our kids. And I can tell you, I arrest a lot of young kids that are members of churches, that are, have parents that are members of churches. We have the same results in the church, in our finances, and there's no reason for it. It's because of our own hard heads. It's because we are not drinking God's pure provision the way he supplied it. Sometimes you might see the, the chair next to you that was filled by a family for many years and it may all of a sudden become empty. We have to ask ourselves, was that a decision led by the Spirit of God? Was that a decision made together with, with, the, with the leadership of the church so that family can move on to do something else somewhere else? Uh, was that a decision led by God for a specific purpose? Or was that a decision made outside of the will of God, outside of God's Spirit, made by that person, by yourself? 
led by the spirit of anger or led by the spirit of I'm hurt or whatever it might be? Was that a decision made in a moment of haste? Such an important decision. People that have been here for years make a decision in five minutes that has an effect on their families and on their children for the rest of their lives. Are those decisions led by the Spirit of God? We see it all the time. No, those are decisions made by ourselves. We have nobody to blame. We are not led by the Spirit of God in such important decisions, and we can only blame ourselves. And that leads us to our biggest enemy that, can, that has the ability to stop us from being led by the Spirit of God. And it's found within these four walls. Can you point to it? If you're pointing, take a left, and then take another left, and then keep going. Two lefts, and then straight ahead. And you'll find your worst enemy not to be led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart is worse than your neighbor's, and your heart is worse than your neighbor's. There is nothing faster and more lethal to keep us from being led by the Spirit of God than our own hearts, Amen. our own minds. Amen. In a nanosecond, the computer geeks know what nanoseconds are. A nanosecond is one second divided in, divided in a thousand little pieces. One of those little pieces is a nanosecond. That's how fast your heart is to interfere with what God wants you to do, to interfere with the Spirit of God and what He's telling you to do, to convince you that maybe there's another way we can negotiate this. It's your heart and your mind. If we want to be led by the Spirit of God, we have to learn how to die to ourselves, first of all. Amen. We have to learn how to distinguish between God's voice and our voice, Amen. between God's heart and our heart, Amen. because we don't want to follow our own hearts. We want to follow God's heart. If we're able to do that, then we will live a life that is led by the Spirit of God. Then our fountain gates will be restored. And we have to remember that our children are watching. What we do, they're not, they're not concerned about what we say so much as is what we do. When things happen, they see where we go for our provision. They see where we turn to get our answers. They see who we go to in our times of need. They see what our fountains of provision are. And they're going to imitate it. They're going to do the same things we are. They're watching. We have a responsibility to the next generation to repair our fountain gate now so that we start getting the results that will make them be proud of being a part of what we're part of. Because if we don't have success, if they see us as a disaster in our houses, in our finances, in, our, in everything, with what? how can we ask them to follow in our footsteps? We have no business asking them. We have to repair our fountain gates also for our children so that they might learn by our example because we're going to be held accountable for them. Because we can say all that we want, that we're a Christian, that we're this and that. You know, it's like the guy that sleeps in his garage next to his car. That doesn't make him a car. You can sleep in your garage all you want. You don't become a car. You can come to church all you want for the rest of your life. You can grow mold in sitting in that chair under your feet, and it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't mean that your fountain gets, doesn't mean that God is your source, that you're led by the Spirit of God. It's a life lived and led by the Spirit of God that is going to give us the results that we're looking for as a church. Let's keep these sources 
that God has given us clean. Let's not add our own spices, our own opinions. Let's not allow Dr. Phil and Oprah and all these other sources to give us any type of input into our lives. We are the ones that need to tell them what they need to do to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. We are the ones with the answers. We're not the ones with the questions. God's people don't look, have to be, you know, God's church is looked at as, as a poor little thing, you know, the victim. We need to give them a tax break. You know, we need to, no. We are the ones that have the answers. We are the ones that are led by the Spirit of God. We are the ones that can help them. Many churches, you know, I was, I remember one pastor that was threatened because he was um, speaking out against something that had to do with politics and, and he was speaking out against a corrupt politician and standing up for what's right. And he was threatened with having his uh, 501c3 revoked. And you know what he said? You can take that 501c3 and shove it because I don't need your pity. I don't need your handout. I don't need anything because I have the fountain of God's provision in my life. And I'm going to stand up and say what I need to say. There will come a time, and we'll see it in our lifetimes, where we will be threatened by things like that. We will do this to you. We will do that to you. We have to be able to stand up like Pastor Joaquin did up there in that interview. Whether it's easy or not, whether it costs us or not, because we don't depend on the world for, for our provision. We don't need that tax break enough to compromise, to dirty God's clean waters so they can keep it all because we have God's provision. We are the ones that are going to help them if they need it. We are the ones that are going to answer their questions if they need it. We're not going to go to them. They need to come to us to find out the truth. So in conclusion, we have it all. Amen. We're not missing anything. God has given us everything. We do not need to go to the world to find out anything. We have the fountain gate of God's provision and it includes God's Spirit, the Word of God, and everything and everyone that is led by the Spirit of God is here to help us. We are not alone. Amen? Amen. Let's stand this evening. Let's pray and ask God to help us individually repair our own fountain gates. We all, without exception, have areas in our lives where we need God's help. There's room for improvement. And, uh, and God is here for that. That is why we hear these things, because God is not finished with us, and there's always a new opportunity, a new beginning. And uh, these things that we're hearing on Wednesday nights, they're, they're ministering to me as much as they're ministering to you. Um, I need God's help. I need my fountain gate repaired and improved and patched up, and my walls put a little, you know, patchwork here and there. We all need to go before God. Let's do it together. Lord, we thank you for this word tonight. We ask, Lord, that you will help us always to know and remember that you are our source, that you have provided for us abundantly, abundantly and overflowing in every direction and every way, Father. There is nothing that we need outside of you, Lord. You are our answer. Before we have the question, you have already provided the answer. We just need to go to your sources, to your provision to find them, Father. I pray for this congregation, for this church, Lord, for the leadership of this church, Lord, that we start walking, Lord, in the provision that you have provided for us. That this church may cry out and know that you are our provider, that you have provided the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and everything and everyone that is led by the Spirit of God to help us to be led, to find our sources, our answers, and our resources, Father. 
We thank you for being so generous. We thank you, Lord. And we ask you to forgive us for our lack of belief, for our lack of seeking in the right sources, Father. We ask for your forgiveness tonight. And we pray that you will heal us in that area, Father. Heal us and have us walk, Father. Speak to us through your Spirit. Fill us with your Spirit, Father, so that we might hear your voice clearly in our lives and that we will block out our own voice, our own hearts, Father. There will be no obstacle, Father, that will keep us from drinking those pure and clean waters that you have provided for us since the foundations of the earth, Father. We thank you tonight. Take us home in safety, Lord, and in your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.